Hello everyone and welcome to So What Happens Next, Small Screens. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And this week we are continuing our Megatron Marathon. With the third and original final, but definitely not, installment of the Transformers <laughs> franchise, Transformers Dark of the Moon. Doing not too shabby. You ready to talk uh, Dark of the Moon? I guess so. Yeah? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I think that this franchise had the potential to go out on a really high note, in my opinion, comparatively speaking, anyway. And then decided not to do that. But, of course, more about that later. Transformers Dark of the Moon. Right? If you're joining us for the first time. You're probably wondering, why are we doing the third Transformers movie? Well, we already did the first two Transformers movie in our Megatron Marathon. Get it? Um, <laughs> where we have decided to dive headfirst into the Michael Bay madness that is the Transformers franchise, starting with Transformers from 2007 and ending by the end of uh, this May thing is a little bit of a misnomer because it's going to go a little bit into June, but it will end with the finale of... Transformers Rise of the Beasts in uh, June. I think it's like the second week of June. Until then, we are watching every single film in that series from Transformers to Bumblebee in order. And week after week, we are giving you our thoughts and impressions on them. Normally, we do this uh, on movies we haven't seen before, where I go and I scrounge the internet for five things, pull them all together so that we can make up a movie we haven't seen yet. We go watch it. We give you our first impressions, our review, and we see what we got right and what we got wrong. Perhaps, unfortunately, we have seen all of these already. <laughs> At least once, so it wouldn't have really worked. It wouldn't have been fair to make it a, uh, to try to make something up. So this is our small screen sideshow where we kind of talk about things we already seen and that we really want to talk about because, hey, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're so bad they are good. So dumb, it's brilliant. Kind of like Transformers Dark of the Moon. Amber, uh, uh, what a year before we dive into it. What is your, like, knowledge of Transformers Dark of the Moon? I know in the, for our first episode, the first one, I don't think we really talked about this last week, but the week before, I remember you kind of mentioning, like, yeah, I remember when the first Transformers came out and everybody thought it was amazing. Um, and you kind of, you, you made me have a spit take because you're like, it kind of sucks, though. <laughs> um, what are your, do you have any, like, kind of memories or insight into what it was to see this movie or when this movie came out in 2011? I just remember that Megan Fox was no longer a part of the Transformers yep. franchise. And this new girl comes along and everybody is like, what the fuck? Like, who is this person? Yep. Because we had been with Megan Fox for, you know, two movies. We had developed a relationship with her. And now you just toss her out and bring in some newbie. And you're just like, what the fuck? And <laughs> Sam's acting like everything's fine well i'll tell you i'll tell you a fun fact like nothing happened it almost feels like if it is not confirmed by someone out there 
I don't think they changed the script all that much. No, they for didn't. For this new person. <laughs> because the things she does make a hell of a lot more sense if Megan Fox's character yeah. was doing them, like the cars and all this other shit. Yes, but actually no. But they kind of just wedged, they wedged her in there. I don't know why, but I mean, I know I exactly somewhere, why. Yeah, yeah, I read somewhere that Michael Bay felt like Shia LaBeouf slash Sam needed to have a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend, he had me and Michaela. Yeah, but he needed to continue having a girlfriend uh, throughout see, like the first three movies. To me, least. that makes me think that you just didn't want to rewrite the script like because so my understanding I, I think the, the way the story goes this is all kind of hearsay stuff but I'm pretty sure it's mostly confirmed is that Megan Fox was very dissatisfied with the way these productions are being run and she felt very uh, abused I guess on set to the point where she kind of called out Michael Bay to the point of calling him like a Nazi which like when you do that on a Steven Spielberg joint that's kind of a big deal like <laughs> that's really fucking not a good thing to say so yeah. immediately like you know what people say some people say like Spielberg was like get her out of here or whatever and all this other stuff you know other end of the story is that she was very difficult to work with I don't know where the truth really lies I'm sure it's somewhere in between but end of the day is she pissed off her boss and her bosses said I'm sorry sir it's time for you to leave and they parted ways and she was no more in the series which is a shame because I feel like this movie if she were in it and we'll get into it in a minute would be this really nice finale of her character. Like, she kind of, on her own, like, background and has grown into this successful woman. But instead, we get Rosie Huntington-Wheatley playing Carly, uh, who I believe prior to this was a Victoria's Secret model, and it kind of shows, um, just kind of shoved into that spot, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but hey, it's there. So, without further ado... Uh, Amber, let's let's dive into this movie. Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon. What are we... What kind of lore-twisting nonsense is the beginning of this movie going to give us? Shit. So, instead of <laughs> 17,000 BC, like the last movie, we are now in the 1960s, and a Cybertronian spacecraft known as the Ark crash lands on the moon actually during the mission to the moon. No, it crashes. I think it instigates the mission to the moon. Oh, that's right. right. Because they see it crash. Yeah, it's detected by NASA, actually. And so, unbeknownst to the humans, this spacecraft is carrying a something that will end the war between the Autobots and the Decepticons, which... From the get-go, from the first movie, that's kind of like the whole spiel. Is that, Every you know, single the, thing will end yeah. the war between the Decepticons and the Autobots. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yep. And so, President John F. Kennedy is like, oh, Ugh. we got to put a man on the moon to investigate the spacecraft. That's right. We get ugly CG Kennedy. We get Forrest Gump Kennedy. We do. Where he's like totally fake and it kind of really shows when you watch this movie now. Yeah. It's worse than Jeff Bridges' Tron. <laughs> it's really bad. Like, yeah. you would think they just get somebody who looks like Kennedy and just play Kennedy. I know, like, why not get the why? likeness, but... Why do they do this? I'm it's pretty so sure dumb. there's still some Kennedys alive out there. Like, why couldn't you just grab yeah, one? Yeah, there you go. Get one. I don't know. I mean, at the very least, somebody has to look enough like Kennedy to play Kennedy. This cannot be the first and only if time. If there's a guy that looks like Mark Hamill, like... Yeah. This cannot be the only time <laughs> JFK has been in a movie since he has been since he was assassinated. 
to where like somebody who looks like him can't play him. That's just absurd. But no, yeah. we go out of our way to like CG him and then like CG him into things that he wasn't there for. Oh yeah. And then the most egregious one is that they do the CG Kennedy and then they play an actual clip of a Kennedy speech. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the voice and the way he looks is so staggering. It kind of makes you retroactively go, Oh, he was fake. Yeah. Like, ew, gross. It looks terrible. This is the worst. But yeah, so the whole reason, guys, we went to the moon. If you thought alien, like, weapons in the pyramids of Egypt was, was, wasn't conspiracy enough, the whole reason we went to the fucking moon is because a Cybertronian spacecraft crash-landed on the dark side. Absolutely. And so you have the crew of Apollo 11. They land on the moon. Mm-hmm. They inspect the Ark. And are kept to keep our order to keep the details of the mission secret. Yep. Because that's where we get our title card is you have like a dead uh Cybertronian like rise up out of a hole and it zooms in his eye and then like the thing changes the transformers dark of the moon and And do we cut to a battle again, or is this one actually cut to to? We are cut to a battle. Man, there's a formula here. We are in present day, two years after what happened in Egypt. Yes. And no one's... May I remind you, robot with balls. Robot with balls. Yep. The Kirby with balls, who got one-shotted by a railgun. Yeah. All right. All right. We also had Tony Todd as... Prime from yeah, thousands of fall years in ago. Fallen, <laughs> give me your face. <laughs> and yet, everyone still doesn't know that Transformers exist. Yeah, like only a select few people do. Apparently, yeah. But <laughs> now, were, like, I don't get this. The shit. Autobots are assisting with these major conflicts. If you know what I mean, dude. The Autobots <laughs> are taking the war criminal thing to a whole new level. I like know. they're they are, and they go out of their way to say like, we didn't ask them to go into Iraq and destroy their nuclear testing <laughs> facility. It's like they just did it out of the good American spirit that is their hearts. It's like. What? Yeah, in this first part, they end up in Ukraine because I guess they're investigating suspected alien technology. This was kind of cool. This was kind of cool. And this is where, again, attacked by Decepticon Shockwave. Yes. Best of the best. Well, no, it's different. So you're mixing them together because we did this when we watched it, too. We both did this. And I had to look it up. Soundwave is the satellite, the Cold War terror that I think is in this movie later. Yeah. And Shockwave is the one-eyed cyborg guy with the worm. Oh, yeah, his giant worm driller. Yes. So you have uh, Paul Atreides' bot and his Shai Halud robot (laughs) versus the Autobots in Ukraine because they, like, the Ukrainian ambassador or something takes them to Chernobyl. Yeah. And he's like, we detected this thing in Mm -hmm. Chernobyl and it turns out, oh my god, so many conspiracy theories in this movie series when you really think about it. Yeah. At least they didn't act like we didn't go to the moon, thank god. But anyway, it turns out Chernobyl wasn't a nuclear meltdown. It was an experiment on the power core of the Ark. Yep. That went awry and killed everything. Yeah. And the Decepticons want that power core 
and no one knows why. And the Autobots have to stop them. Yeah. Which they do. And we're also kind of get the inkling that the Decepticons have like a shadow government thing because there's the Vulture bot that tells the ambassador oh, like yeah. you're no longer needed here. And he's like, no. And he sh- lights him up in the in the fucking. Oh, yeah, know. pretty sad. Um, yeah. Actually, pretty scary because it like can turn into smaller robots and it turns yeah. into like a smaller bumblebee. And it's clearly evil. Yeah. It's like, hey, little girl, is your... Oh, fuck, that's right. Yeah, Yeah. because they go killing everybody. And then it just unloads on everyone. I'm like, holy fuck. Turns into like the pink bumblebee. Yeah. But anyways, the Autobots discover this fuel cell. And so they're just like, ah, shit, we got to go to the moon. And that's where they find Sentinel Prime, a.k.a. Leonard Nimoy. He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo. Bilbo Baggins is only three feet tall. The way you said it sounds kind of nutty. But, dear listeners, that's kind of how it happens. <laughs> they just go, <laughs> One we minute, have to go to the moon. They're in Chernobyl. Well, there's the a next. little bit more to it, right? Because they go... Back to the new Nest base, which is in the middle of Chicago. Yeah. For some reason. It's not an airbase anymore like in the other movie. It's in Chicago. And um, Frances McDormand is like grilling them. She's the head of the NSA or some shit. Yeah. And she's like, you guys are all fucking about and this is shitty and whatever. And they're like, we Optimus is pissed. And like, oh, that's right. I, yeah. well, I like pissed off Optimus, man. He like slams his face. He's like, you lied to us. You told us you you told us you said everything you knew about our species, but you fucking lied because we have like this core from this ship that was supposed to be like our people's salvation. Yeah. What the fuck do you know? And so in comes Buzz Aldrin, like the actual Buzz Aldrin is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and he reveals to them that on the first moon mission, he basically explains the intro and then takes it one step further and says they found these like five pillar things or something like that mm-hmm. along with a giant robot man. And they brought the pillars back and they had, or I think they brought the pillars back. I don't remember. But they, they found all this shit and they didn't know anything about it at the time. And so they were all sworn to secrecy, whatever. So then Optimus is like, well, we have to go to the moon. And they just kind of have a shuttle attached to a like a Cybertronian ship. Yeah. And don't they say the entire justification they're like we needed to maintain control of this of the Transformers ship. So we strapped a shuttle to it. Yeah. And I'm like I don't think that's how that works. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah, they go to the moon and they bring back Leonard Nimoy bot aka Sentinel Prime and the like remaining towers, pillars, that's what they call them, the pillars. Yep. But I think we cut to Shia LaBeouf on a job hunt. Yes. Sort of. I so mean, we get a... We get he like lives a, with his new girlfriend, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Who were introduced to ass first, if I recall. Yeah. Because this is a Michael Bay film. <laughs> we have to do this crappy So, shit. kind of like with the last movie, now he's graduated college, he's not really, you know, working with the Autobots anymore, and he's trying to find his first job. Yeah, he's trying a big kid job. Yeah. He also got a medal, a medal of heroism or some crap yeah from from Obama Obama. yeah (laughs) which is how he which is how they try to play off that he met his girlfriend was that she was like an aide to the British ambassador oh yeah and he like swooned her with his medal in the White House with his medal that would be the only that's the only thing I guess he's a bum 
Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thing I can His imagine why he's still around. Makes a lot of money. And he's basically just like living with her. In Chicago. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we get this like weird like sequences where he's like trying to find a job and he's like oh I saved the world and all this other stuff but nobody gives a shit or and or nobody knows we get that weird one there's that weird one too where the guy he's like oh you know I got a got a medal of heroism or something like that from the president and the guy's like Obama well we're a predominantly Republican like oh that's right and I'm like I don't feel like that should invalidate the award yeah like this is a pretty legit thing he saved everybody like what the fuck but we finally get to the best like one of the better scenes with John John Malkovich Malkovich. (laughs) I said it I didn't I didn't really say it in the last one because I don't think it came up nearly as much but these movies all have like fucking killer casts on the back end yeah and I the first one had like John Voight and John Turturro and shit this one Francis McDormand John Malkovich, Alan Tudyk is in this, Ken Jong is in this movie. Yeah. So many motherfuckers. Patrick Dempsey's in this movie. So yeah. many fucking people are in this movie. And I swear to God, for people like Ken Jong, Alan Tudyk, Francis McDormand, and John Malkovich specifically, not so much Patrick Dempsey, because he's kind of actually like a main character. For those four, I stand by what I said. I think Michael Bay goes up to like characters or, or actors like Shia LaBeouf or Patrick Dempsey he's like listen this is your like this is your direction take this seriously you need to be emotional this is horrible you'd be sad you know you're you're having a tough time finding a job it's so ungodly hard out there you know what i mean like act it out and then he walked to John Malkovich and he's like you're CEO of like a fortune 500 company yeah do that how you want <laughs> wink <laughs> like they just go the guy the people are insane and it's like two different tones smashing together in this freakishly beautiful way again if you try to take this movie too seriously this movie franchise too seriously you're gonna have a bad fucking time but this shit i live for this show this movie is like heads above the others but anyway yes he meets john malkovich who like talks him into working in the mail room yeah and so he gets a very low level job or position in the company but he gets a job nonetheless and on the flip side of flip side of it his girlfriend works for Patrick Dempsey yeah who is like you know obviously super handsome super rich he has this like huge car collection yeah cuz he's actually like a pharmaceutical person or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or like he inherited some type of company yeah, from his Yeah, he inherited so, something. Yeah. yeah. And so he does rich people stuff. Yeah. But Sam is like intimidated because his girlfriend works for this guy and guy is like clearly like guy is into, clearly in yeah. there and trying to use his money. He also, which I didn't notice till this wa- recent watch, he's the reason Sam got the job at John Malkovich's company. Yeah. Because he's on the board and like John Malkovich, there's like this drop line where he's like somebody writes a letter of recommendation from the board like who are you and Sam's like what the fuck. You don't really get it till later when he's like oh I wrote that letter just yeah. you know I knew you were going to get in. He's like oh fuck you I don't need your handouts or whatever. Yeah. Yeah I mean he's he's definitely like that big Chad energy. Right. Yeah. He's like a rich douche. Yeah. And Sam is like having a tough time I guess because again like he got this medal of honor. He basically like. He's riding the millennial world, man. Yeah. He, he he did all the things he was supposed to do and and exceeded them, and he's still being treated like shit. Exactly. And so he's having a hard time with that. But 
He also doesn't have Bumblebee anymore because yeah, he does that POS. That's true. Yeah, Bumblebee is now doing some secret agent shit. Yeah, black ops shit. Oh, how the turntables, baby! You try to ditch him when you go to college, and I then know, he's like, "I got better shit to you. do." Yeah, we need a car for in the city anyway. Exactly. <laughs> but also at his new job, Sam is introduced to Jerry Wang. Yeah, Ken Jong. I am a man who can never die. Who's just kind of doing like a dialed up version of Chang from Community at this point, which yeah. is great. I love it. It's fantastic. Who but. acts super weird around him, mm-hmm. but also gives him information about the arc and later gets killed by Decepticon Laser Beak. Laser Beak. Yes. Fucking hell. That that I know that they say that name in the movie. Now that you mention it, it sounds familiar. But that one's not one of their best. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest. That is not one of their best. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Jong is. They kind of reveal that the Decepticons have been like deep stating the world. Yeah. For at least the last like 60 years. Yeah. And well, they've been murdering people that are connected to the American Soviet space missions to the Ark. Yes. So then, like, yeah, there's that montage, like, like when you said the pink bumblebee and shit. They like killing all the people, all the cosmonauts and all the astronauts that went to the moon or know about the moon missions. And Ken Jong was paid off to fuck about with like a telescope or some kind of satellite, satellite or something. Satellite, yeah. That like kept them from seeing the other side of the moon. Yeah. Not in the 60s, like more recently. Um, and like he gave the information to Shia LaBeouf in the bathroom. We do like a gay sex joke. And then. He gets suicided by the bird. Yeah, by laser beak. Which is fun because he goes out with a bang. He's like, oh, shit. And he pulls out like two fucking yeah. magnums. And <laughs> he tries, tries to kill the at bird. least, but yeah, it doesn't make it quite make it. Yeah. And so after that, Sam hits up his old buddy, Seymour Simmons. Yes. Right? Does yep. he? Okay. Yeah. And they locate two surviving cosmonauts where they see the pictures of the pillars. Yes, because at this point, Shia LaBeouf is like, I know there's some shit going on because I was attacked at work. And he like goes and just pulls up to the front of the Nest headquarters and they like go to arrest him. Bumblebee saves him. And Shia LaBeouf is like, this is some shit. You know, everything is is all there's a whole thing. There's a cabal. There's yeah. a cabal going on. It's a yeah. And Francis McDormand's like, shut the fuck up. This isn't like a high school like drama show or whatever. Let us do our job. Get the hell out of our way. Yeah. Thanks for your service. You're not a soldier. You're just... Even though, you know, Josh Demel told him in the first movie, you're a soldier now, kid. Yeah. So I don't know what you're talking about. And it about. also causes like a rift between his girlfriend as well. It's yes. just like, I thought you put this behind you and Yeah, because he gets blah, obsessed blah. with it. Yeah. But not before we revive Sentinel Prime with like the matrix of leadership. Yeah. And he tries to kill everybody and then they calm him down. And he gets mad. Ah, shit, I seen this one. This is the one where Spock goes nuts. Because there were only five pillars of the ship. Mm-hmm. And he implies, or he straight up says there were like hundreds. Yeah. And he's pretty pissed, actually. Yeah. Like he's, when you look back on it, He's pretty pissed. Yeah. Um, they kicked Shia LaBeouf out, and then he calls Simmons, who is now rich, by the way, and he has a book deal or whatever. Yeah. And he has With like Alan a, Tudyk, yeah, Alan Tudyk as, as, as like a manservant <laughs> assistant. Yeah. yeah. 
Who is fun as hell in this movie? I yeah. honestly, I'm here for the campy shit in this movie. Like between Ken Jong and Alan Tudyk, it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's fucking go. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, they go and they find the the cosmonauts who didn't go to space. Right? They didn't go. They were going to go, but they didn't. Yeah, or something. something like that. But they still had like all these pictures. Yeah. Because they're with like the Russian mob. Now. Yeah. One of them is the rent guy. Oh, from that's Spider-Man right. 3. Yeah. <laughs> I have ears like a cat. Nice. Like a rodent. But yeah, there's that whole crazy funny scene where they like have a almost have a shootout in the Russian bar. And Alan Tudyk is like, that is the old me. He's German too, by the way, or whatever. But yeah, um, and they reveal that like the Russians were the first ones to get a satellite up to the moon. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think that's true, actually. Um, but they saw on the dark side that there were like the one day there was nothing there the next day there was like a ship and then on the third day there was a bunch of like drag marks from the ship somewhere else to these like piles out on the moon Mm -hmm. which then makes Shia LaBeouf realize oh shit they're doing something and that's where you get the the him and his girlfriend have the beef because he's like obsessed with this and all I can think is man homie homie barely has a job anymore and John Malkovich is, is all for it. He, like, yeah. comes over and wants to see Bumblebee. <laughs> like, that part was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. But, yeah, she gets mad, and then they're supposed to go to... Pat. That's right, they're supposed to go to Patrick Dempsey's party. And he's like, I gotta figure this out. And she's like, I'll just go alone. And leaves. And that's when Shia LaBeouf realizes what's going on. And they're racing to go tell the people. And that's where you get the twist. Which is... Sentinel is bad. Yeah, he's a Decepticon. He's a, he's a Decepticon. Even though he's a Prime, he yeah. should be good. Primes well, are good. Well, no, Tony Todd was evil. Yeah, but he that was, was a, a different kind of Prime. This that is was the same old primes. Prime. You know, between the Knights <laughs> and this shit, I feel like it's all the same kind of okay, thing. Okay, whatever. But anyways, he's <laughs> supposed to be good, and everybody's like, why Prime? Yeah, he like starts killing everybody. Yeah. Or like blow. He kills, Does no, he doesn't, he kills Ironhide. Right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he like rusts into dirt. That was just really weird. But yeah. like, yeah, he because he, he has this like right. bitch ass weapon that like just I guess so. Yeah, everything. I mean that's what happened. But yeah, he kills Ironhide, and then um, everyone's like, "Why Sentinel?" And he's just like, "Because logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few." Or whatever the fuck yeah. he says. And this yeah. Also pits the U.S. military against the Autobots. Last week I said it made sense. This week it is the exact opposite. This makes yeah. zero fucking sense. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes sense because Frances McDormand's like, Optimus, this is your fucking fault. Yeah. That makes sense. She's not wrong. Optimus is the one that brought this dude back to Earth. And like, he didn't need to do that. But then they're like, the Autobots need... The Decepticons make their move. Yeah. Right? And you get Megatron, like, blowing Abraham Lincoln away, sitting in his fucking throne. That's right. Oh, God. Yeah, they turn on the pillars and they explain, like Amber mentioned earlier, they explain it's like a big portal device. Yeah, and so apparently on the moon, there's a whole fuck ton of Decepticons that have just been... And all the pillars that Sentinel was was angry they were gone are actually on the moon. Yeah, exactly. And so they transport... Hundreds of these yeah. guys to Earth. It's like DC. Yeah. <laughs> Which was weird. 
But yeah, they come to Earth and they make their move and Sentinel's like or Megatron's kind of the face of this, but Sentinel is like running the show. Yeah. Megatron demands that Earth like the Decept the Autobots have to leave. Yeah. Which we didn't even really talk about Megatron yet in this. Like he That's right. He's pretty fucked up. He's fucked up and he's like living in Africa. Yeah, and he's pretty much a bum. Like he's, he's like just, all fucked. He's like broken. Yeah. He's shitty. He's now transforms in like a shitty truck. Yeah. And it's him and a little doctor bot. Many and, doctor bots, not just like one. But then there's also the creepy like baby transformers in the the that's true. The oil yeah. cans? I don't know where the fuck... Are Transformers all capable of giving birth? Yeah, because we were... It was the AllSpark that was supposedly giving them life. Right. And now you're saying they can come out of sacks. Like, again, Van Helsing. But then, like, where did these ones come from? Did he bring them back from Cyber... Like, did him and Starscream go to Cybertron and bring them There's back? There's a lot of plot holes. It's just weird. It's just a weird fucking movies. choice. But yes, but Megatron we'll just skip is a over that bum. because they don't even do anything. Yeah, yeah, no, that stuff is short-lived. Yeah, but and, he's yeah. got his good old friend Soundwave, so yeah, yep. And so he goes out with them, and he basically demands that the Autobots leave. Earth is like, "All right, Autobots, time to fucking go." Yep. And there's like a sad moment where they say goodbye to the Autobots, and we reintroduce Tyrese Gibson. To the movie. <laughs> um, yep. And. Oh no. The Autobots get blown out of the sky by Starscream as he's like, as their shuttle ship is flying away. Yeah. Um, and of course, everything just goes to shit. After everything this. goes to shit. We didn't, do, we skipped over one part though that I think we should say because we, we keep ragging on him. The parents are in this movie. Oh my god. Okay, so the parents, I guess because their house blew up. I think they're retired. I think that's the implication. They definitely retired, but now they're just traveling around the world in like an RV. Yes. yes. And they come and visit Sam and they, oh, this is so excruciating. It's not as painful as like the last few movies because this was actually, there was like a. They served a purpose, yeah. Yeah. They have this like moment where they're just like, you know, Sam, like if you really care about this girl, you're gonna like hold her. Yes. Please. Yes. Then you got to got to try a little tenderness. The chicks love that romantic crap. So it was like, you know, better than Sam's happy time or Sam's. (laughs) Absolutely. And like I even I'll even say it, the like instigation of that joke makes is is or instigation of that whole like humanization element yeah the joke that leads into it is fine because he's like me and carly like might have broken up and his mom's like <laughs> she's like what and she's like family meeting right now and he's like no we're not the dad's like we're not doing this she goes no and like straight up is like listen sam you had two like unreasonably attractive women yeah and you fucked both of them up <laughs> You don't get to keep doing this. Yeah. Like her, his mom's brutally honest, and like you don't get to keep doing that thing, dude. And he's like, if you really care about this girl, like you'll go, you'll go do. It. And it turns into this like real conversation, which is nice. Like yeah. it's nice that the parents aren't some fucking jokes in this movie. But we did skip over the fact that he does because of this. He runs to the party where Patrick Dempsey reveals, "Oh, my family's been in league with the Autobots." Or the Decepticons the ent- for like the last 50 years. 
um, we're the reason we never went back to the moon because my companies made it so expensive to do so and blah, blah, blah. And it turns out this super nice Mercedes that Carly got is actually a Decepticon, big fucking shock, and like is going to kill her unless Sam taking this like Decepticon mini watch thing mm-hmm. goes and gets intel from the Autobots because they yeah. think the Autobots aren't going to leave. They yeah. think that they're just going to make a plan. Yeah, which spoiler alert, they... They're right, but yeah. they don't tell Sam that. And yeah. the Decepticons are like, oh, neat, you did your job. And they, like, let him go, which is weird. But, yeah, the watch, like, digs into his arm and shit like that. But Yeah, but... Yeah. After the Autobots are seemingly blown up, Sam goes to Tyrese Gibson character... Tyrese Gibson's character, Epps. So many S's at the end of Yeah, that. because Carly is being held hostage. Yes, she is held boss. hostage at the Chicago Tribune building. Yeah. Yeah, where they are setting up, they're going around, the Decepticons are going around the world setting up the pillars for mm-hmm. something. And the Decepticons have, like, taken Chicago, which is a weird scene. I think I like this movie a little bit more because we live here, and, like, it's just neat to see Yeah. stuff like that. But, yeah, and so Sam's like, we gotta go, I'm gonna go save Carly. And Epps knows an almost absurd amount of former nest agents living in Florida. (laughs) And they all rally together and drive north to Illinois in like a day to go raid Chicago, I guess. Yeah. And the minute they get there, they're like, nah. (laughs) You like see the war zone. (laughs) And every single guy that Epps like brought into it, they're all like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. This is fucked up. Why are we even here? And I'm like, guys, there are like 10 states between Florida and Illinois. At no point you thought, we're going to fight giant robots? Exactly. What did you think you were doing? <laughs> but yeah, they show up and Sam's like, fuck this shit. I'm still going to do it. And I think as he's get as like a Decepticon makes them, the Autobots appear. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because we got new Autobots in this one, too. We got the, the chubby race car ones. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're like Irish stereotypes, <laughs> <laughs> which is or Scottish or something. But yeah, they come as like these other Decepticons, probably from the moon. They come over and oh, they there start. Oh, they're generic gray nothing yeah. Decepticons, for sure. And then you got Optimus Prime just coming out of nowhere, just taking all these bitches down with his big gun. Isn't this the one where he's like, I'll kill them all yeah. or something like that? Yeah. yeah. He's very like, he's no like, mercy. Oh, they all need to, like, we're going in there and we will kill them all. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Again, Optimus War Crimes, ready to fucking party. Like, holy shit. But they also, like, the Decept- like the Transformers have other ships that are, like, slightly bigger than the Transformers. They're, like, X-Wing fighters for Transformers. Bumblebee gets one of those... And they fly off with him and Sam, and I think... Oh, there's two two little annoying robots, right? There's that creepy, horny Einstein one. Yeah. There's the big, regular, there's not wheelies. horny Einstein. And there's wheelies. Okay. But there's, like, two Einstein-looking ones. Yeah. But one of them's little and horny, and the yeah. other one's actually, like, an inventor. Yeah. And he gives Sam these, like, freaky grenades and, like, a oh, Batman yeah. grappling mm-hmm. cable. It's interesting that these movies decided, like, the human characters need something to do. Yeah. They're like, uh, give them some cool, like, Cybertronium technology to fuck about with. It's like, mm, I'm not here to watch Shia LaBeouf kill robots, but okay, <laughs> that's fine. But yeah, and then this is, like, a long fucking... Very little of importance happens 
Because it's pretty much an action sequence the rest of this movie. Yeah. And so the point of the pillars actually is to also transport Cybertron to yes. Earth's atmosphere. Which, I mean, that would just basically fuck everything up. Yeah, I don't really understand the logic here, but Patrick yeah, Dempsey except to enslave that, you know, Which again humanity. seems kind of dumb, but whatever. Yeah, but Patrick Dempsey is convinced that he, along with all the other rich people, will be, you know, at the top, whereas right. everybody else will be at the bottom. Even though which, Megatron treats him like shit. Yeah, to which Carly <laughs> was just like, what makes you think, like, they're gonna... He's kind of like, I'm in too deep for this to not be a thing. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, he reveals that they're bringing Cybertron to Earth because they need Earth's resources to rebuild Cybertron. And then Carly is like kind of playing secret agent a little bit, like paying attention to everything, I guess. Yeah. And she sees that Sentinel and Megatron got beef, mm-hmm. but that Megatron's like weak as shit and Sentinel like kind of kicks his ass around yeah. like it's nothing. And he's like, you, you're going to do what I say, Megatron. Like he, he doesn't give a fuck. I am 999 years old. I don't give a fuck. But Optimus is also super MIA during this Because he gets, this is so dumb. Because he gets stuck in the web of fucking cranes. Oh, that's right, yeah. At least they gave him a reason, but it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. The military guys and the, the Transformers are running about, and Optimus is trying to save them, and he gets tangled up. And the Irish wrecking crew bots have to get him out, which apparently takes like half an hour because they can't just cut him. I don't fucking know. But yeah, we're doing all this fucking about. Shia LaBeouf almost kills Patrick Dempsey, which would have been really cool. I mean, technically he does. Yeah. But he almost shot him, which would have been kind of brutal. (laughs) Yeah, some uh, human on human action. Yeah, really. That does happen. There's human on human action in this. Um, And the military at the same time is like watching them with drones. And they're like, we need to get our planes in there to help them. Mm -hmm. And they get soldiers in, but they're like, we need to get planes in. If we don't have air support, we're fucked. Yeah. And so Wheelie and the horny Einstein bot get on one of the ships and they're like fucking up the ships. Trying to fuck up the ships. They haven't done it yet, but they will in a minute. But yeah, um, they turn on the things and Cybertron starts to appear. And there is like a control column that they need to stop. And it they turn it off, but Cybertron's still kind of hanging there. And not all hope is lost for the Decepticons. But then we get that weird fucking cut. If you, did you remember this? We're like fucking about in the Tribune building. And then out of nowhere. And I said this when we watched it. I was like, Bumblebee was just with him. Just saved his ass. And then we cut... And suddenly Bumblebee is captive with Einstein, regular Einstein bot, the full-sized one. And the Decepticons just have them captured. Oh, yeah. And they're right. like, we got to kill them. Yeah. And they yeah. execute the they kill the Einstein scientist bot. guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we also skipped that Sam kills Starscream. Oh, yeah. He shoves a grenade with one in of his the, head. Yeah, yeah, grenades that he has. Blows his head off. Yep. Even though they have his head in the fifth movie. I just yeah, so he takes stupid. down at least like one guy, I guess. Big deal guy. Killed Starscream. That's a yeah, big deal. That's, that's like the third in command at this point. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah. but otherwise, Bumblebee almost gets executed and it's this like whole sad eyed like it's looking really at each dark. other. Yeah. yeah. Cause like they're gonna, they kill Einstein. I Einstein think he says like so long partner or something like yeah, that. Yeah, cause like 
Sam's under a car and he sees this. And yeah, because like he actually retrieved Carly, so yes. everything's good there. But they killed the Einstein bot. Yeah, and Einstein bot straight up like, I don't think we're getting out of this one. And yeah, then he starts begging for his life, yeah. and then they blow him away. It's fucking dark. So Bumblebee, because of the distraction, he's able to kill Soundwave. But this is also when Optimus Ex Machina flies in <laughs> and he kills a whole bunch of other Decepticons, including Laserbeak, Driller, well, Starscream was already dead to begin yeah, with, yeah. and Shockwave. Yes. And so basically just decimating he rips all his of the... Out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just decimating all of the Decepticons, leaving Megatron and... Prime. Sentinel Prime. Yeah, Sentinel Prime. At least in this movie, they gave somewhat of a half-assed reason why Optimus wasn't there to, like, help. Yeah. In the other movie, he was dead. That's fine. Because the whole point was to revive him. In the first movie, he straight up wasn't there. In this movie, they're like, we'll get you down. And it's a little weird because, like, you think it's just cutting cables and at some point the sheer weight of Optimus Prime would be too <laughs> much for the crane. But no, it just takes a good long... Like, we almost lose Bumblebee. We lost Einstein, man. And, yeah. and others. But yeah, he comes in and then Sentinel Prime is pissed because the things are turned off and he was trying to turn them back on because only he can turn them back on. And then Megatron is moping because Sentinel pushed him off the Tribune building. <laughs> and like... So Sentinel and Optimus are fighting and Sentinel's kind of kicking his ass. Yeah. And then Shia LaBeouf finds the pillar... And then, oh no, Patrick Dempsey's still around as they're trying to kill Sam. Only for him to... If you guys have seen... This is all I can think of. If you guys have seen The Simpsons, the character Frank Grimes, mm-hmm. I think is his name, is an episode where like Homer doesn't understand this guy hates him. And at the end of the episode, this guy is like, I don't need to follow the safety rules because I'm Homer Simpson. And he's going through this whole thing why Homer gets to get away with stuff. And when he says that, he grabs, like, high-voltage wires and just electrocutes himself to death. And that is all I can think with this Patrick Dempsey thing, is he's like, I don't need to save humanity because I'm with the Deceptive. And he just kicks him into the pillar, and the pillar fries his ass, and he's dead. Yeah. And Sam's just like, okay, cool, because Sam smacks him with, like, a signpost or something. Uh, Meanwhile, Carly convinces Megatron that he should actually... She gaslights the fuck out of yeah, Megatron. Yeah, she's like, you'll be his bitch. Yeah, she's like, I don't see, oh, you you act like you're so tough. And he's like, I am tough. And she's like, no, you're not. You're just a sentinel's little bitch. All right, just like calling his ass out. And he, you know, there's that moment where he's like, you know, the funny thing is, I know you're playing me, but you're right. I know. And the minute he enters that fight, though, he gets totally fucked by Optimus. And I mean, he gets killed. He does. He gets his ass handed to him by Optimus. He hands him his ass. And then does he kill Sentinel first? No, he kills Sentinel last. No, because um, Megatron, he's getting his ass handed to him by Sentinel. Yeah. And then then Megatron Megatron, shoots Sentinel. Yeah. Gives them both. They they both kind of take Sentinel down. Yeah. And that's when Megatron oh, goads right. him and he's yeah. like, what would you be without me? And Optimus says, Optimus is like both the best and worst character in these movies because he gets some of the best fucking lines. Like he's like, time to find out. 
and like his mask thing comes on and he just shreds Megatron to fucking pieces and then blows his head off with his own gun. Yeah. Cold as shit, Optimus yeah. Prime. But then I guess Sentinel is still alive somewhere. Oh, is he and, still alive? Yeah. Okay. I can't remember I can't remember the order in which they yeah. do. It, but yeah, okay. And he's just like trying to explain, oh, I had to make a deal, yeah, you know, with we the had devil. It, yeah. And Optimus is just like, yeah, but you suck. He like, gets some mileage out of, out of Megatron's gun too, because he takes that and he kills someone. Oh, that's too. right. Like, he no, just blows. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, Optimus. This is, I think this is like where we really, I know I said last week is where we start, but this is where we solidify ruthless Avenger Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like Optimus War Crime, this is it. We're at this <laughs> level, if not higher, the rest of these films. And yeah, and of course, I think we, we get one more Linkin Park song, right? <laughs> we cut to I don't think we cut I don't remember what we cut to but Optimus has given another speech of how great humanity is and how this is their home also when they when they shoved Patrick Dempsey into the pillar I think it turned off the oh it thing. backfired it's yeah, like the it backfire of a car beam. it backfired into Cybertron and it blew and that chunk of Cybertron away I yeah guess. so they really don't have any home at, anymore at this point and so I think wink, at the end wink. of the movie Optimus Prime was like come home <laughs> well I think that's the different movie but same it's the same in every movie is he's e. like we live here now come home because yeah. <laughs> like is that the implication at the end of this? Yeah. That, that Cybertron's destroyed? Yeah, and you know, it would have made for a good last movie. It was. Since that was the goal, right? It was, yeah, it was. Like, there's no home to go back to. We live here so, now. Yeah. yeah. We'll defend this planet with all we got. Because yeah, it's, it's a beautiful speech. And then you had to fuck it up because we yeah, had to do... Yeah, you had to do more. You had to melt this franchise. Art. Yeah. Oh, we not... Oh, I'm sorry. Age of Extinction oh, takes place shit. between there. <laughs> we got to learn about the Romeo and Juliet laws of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I have to also say with the budget, and so I've been looking at the budgets for... <laughs> oh, you past, have? Yeah. This movie and then the previous two. And the budget is always within like 100 to 200 million. This one in particular made $1.1 billion. We made a billion dollars or cost a billion dollars? No, $1.1 billion box office. Wow. And it's been like that for the past two movies. Is that global? Where it's like, probably. It I bet you really that's say. what Dunn did it. Yeah. But $1.1 billion for this one? Like, I'll, I'll say. Maybe it. for like one or two. No, but I'll say it. This is the best one. I think this might be the best Transformers movie. I don't know. I don't know, man. This one, this one, it does everything all the other ones do, but better. <laughs> and like more balanced. I don't know. We'll, we can talk, we'll talk about it in the grand scheme when we finally end in review. It, I mean, okay. Best Transformers movie maybe so far. I have to rewatch. We haven't watched Bumblebee yet, so I may be wrong, but like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of merit to this movie for this franchise, but Amber, I want to hear your thoughts first. Unless you really want to hear mine. But <laughs> what, you know, final thoughts on this. as uh, Thoughts on this as a whole, really. And then rating and should people watch it? Yeah, so my thoughts. Oh, boy. 
I think I think you might be right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I've had time to think about it. <laughs> I think you might actually be right. And because, like, we just got through that movie and there wasn't really a whole lot to it. And I like, you know, the simplicity of it, you know, compared to the second one that we had just watched. Yeah. Which was just so much put into it. It just really, like, drove the plot down. But I think this one, you know, was trying to, especially being that, like, final movie. Unfortunately, it was not. Yeah. But technically it is, like, at least with Sam Witwicky. Because the, after the this, Witwicky we don't... The Witwicky saga yeah, is over. The Witwicky yeah. saga <laughs> is over. And so I felt like for that, it was okay. Yeah. And I guess it did help that they had all kinds of different people in this movie that made it very interesting. Like, Ken Jong, like, you can never yeah. go wrong. John Malkovich is rhymes. John Malkovich. Damn, I thought you were going to have another rhyme for John Malkovich. I was like, oh, that's really good. Like, what do you got for John Francis John Malkovich is being John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, you're not wrong. Like, he's doing, they're all doing a great job. Frances McDormand's, that right level, she is like the border character. Yeah. She's the bridge between, like, the famous, famous actors doing absurd things and then, like, the other act, the main characters doing serious things. She is, like, bridging that gap by being, like, just kooky enough, like, with her assistant. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, like, she's not a joke. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Whereas, like, Ken Jong and Alan Tudyk especially are, like, they're they're doing... A check hand was handed to them, and they were just told to do something. Yeah, because, like, after this, it just gets even worse. But... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for the most part, it was okay. Mm. And so with that in mind... I guess I'll give it a four. Whoa, that's a leap. So you gave the first one like a two or a three, yeah. and you gave the second one like a one point eight. Yeah, and then this one, bad. this one's a four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I yeah, I could watch it again. And oh whoa, should people? So then, final question would be like, should people watch it? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, like this is again the last one of the Wiki yeah, saga. Yeah. So like, I feel like you have to watch the first two in order to get to this point absolutely these but movies are again, nothing without so their predecessors i think you really because we keep looking as nine movies when or not nine like eight seven seven or eight about. when in reality you could watch the first three and be okay because the next two are just like really off the charts and we'll talk about it more yeah but yeah like again i feel like i'm just beating a dead horse but if you want something to make fun of, you have something right here on a gold, yeah, golden platter. Yeah, it's right there for you. Yeah, but if you're really not into this shit, like, don't even bother. <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah, you want if you want substance, you will not find it here. Yeah, we keep saying that. We keep like, saying it, and it hasn't stopped being true. That's why. I agree. Uh, to answer the last question first, I agree. This movie is like, first off, if you're already two movies deep, you should absolutely watch this one. Like, if you're already here, dude, get over the finish line. You'll be satisfied. You'll be more satisfied finishing this movie than if you just stopped at two. Because this one, to me, is categorically better than the second one. I would argue it's better than the first one. Because the first one's boring. The first one takes itself a little too seriously. This movie does all the absurd shit. While still having, like, a degree of weight to it, like, like, like stakes, mm-hmm. 
to where you're like, wow, this really does... Like, when we rewatched these, I was like, wow, this movie really does feel like the kind of conclusion to this arc. Like, this feels like the big climactic battle and the resolution... Well, the Transformers-style resolution where it just kind of ends in a scene and then we play Linkin Park and then cut the credits. But, like, this really does that. Like... We have once and for all killed all the Decepticons that are bad. Like the the Autobots yeah. are are they're won. They won the war. It's over. The movies are done. Any Decepticons left are just like stragglers. Megatron dead. Starscream dead. Sentinel dead. Fallen dead. Everyone's done. Yeah. There's no one else to come back. Yeah, and there's finally peace. There's finally the general galaxy. peace. Yeah, and so it's satisfying. While also just kind of being stupid fun. Like, the fight in Chicago is bonkers. Yeah. Um, And it's it's awesome. Like, it's just high-octane bullshit awesome. You, don't, you could switch your brain off and watch it. I think it's weird, now that you mention it, that, like, this movie is, for all of its espionage and conspiracy theories, is still more straightforward than the second one. <laughs> Because the second one was so much lore yeah. and bullshit explain-away scenes that were like, oh, we have poofed to Egypt, and here, this is what you're doing. I'm just going to sit here and, and take a dump. I'll see you later. Go find the MacGuffin. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, they're like, there's not much to find, and they're like, hey, so these are some conspiracies, and we're uncovering them. And you get like a weird amount of character development, especially with Shia LaBeouf, because he's just like... Oh yeah, like I I I I'm focused on this because I want to be a hero. I'm tired of not being a hero. I want to yeah. be meaningful, and I'm like that is relatable to a lot of people, right? You don't want to feel like nothing, and so I guess that's kind of cool because it makes it a little bit more of an accessible movie in that regard, like emotionally. At least I think this would be as accessible emotionally as a Transformers movie can get. But yeah, so I think it's the best one. I give this movie like a six. I could watch this movie, like I watch it again. It's mind numbing nonsense. It doesn't matter, like. <laughs> It's just shit goes to fucking 11 from the other movies, and it's just funny in a stupid way and action-y, so it's like you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. Again, though, you want substance. You're not going to find it here. This movie doesn't have a lot of action, but I will say, of all of them, save maybe Bumblebee, if my memory serves, this one has the most emotional arc out of at least the first three. However, we didn't stop at three, did we, Michael? (laughs) Paramount decided that there was more money to be had, but... More about that next week as we dive into the fourth iteration where they completely like soft reboot this franchise kind of sort of weirdly. Um, Transformers 4, Age of Extinction. And guys, get ready. Optimus Prime, I shit you not, fights Frasier. Like actual Frasier, not robot Frasier. He fights fucking Kelsey Grammer. Like, like Kelsey Grammer versus a robot is kind of the movie. And you don't think you want to see it until you do, but I don't want to get too into it because we're going to talk about it next week when we cover Age of Extinction. And until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I am Amber. And this is So What Happens Next Small Screens Megatron Marathon. We will see you guys next week.